podcast assemble hello and welcome to cape crisis the weekly comic book podcast on the laser time network and i am henry gilbert that's h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g on twitter spider-man sound effect and old school i just forget that trumpet goes too long it does i can go so many times i wasn't ready for it but i'm here with Would you like another one sure no way that's 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 a mystery (laughs) transition um, well, that's longer. You normally cut it off early that. But I'm here with co-host Chris Antista. This is, yeah, this is the Chris Antista music because of my mustache. It's your theme song. Yeah, I'm riding. I'm riding down in a, in a topless convertible. Top is that topless? I think that was a. Uh, I think that was redundant. Uh, and yeah, what, well, I guess a convertible with <laughs> a the bottomless top convertible. Give me. And I'm also here with special guest, first timer on the show. Hi, I'm Phil Kohler. Hey, Phil. Thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. No, thank you for coming by yeah. to the, the podcast kitchen. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure we've talked before like at an mm-hmm. event or something, but I've, you're like one of those people I've known on social media for yeah. years. Yeah. Um, and, and I knew from following you on social media that, like, on top of being a very good games press guy. Well, let's, not, let's not throw around words Journalologist. Like Journalologist. <laughs> Do you want a beer, by the way? Uh. <laughs> Sure. They're terrible. Actually, actually, just just a water would be great. A water, okay. uh, but aside from that, I know that you're a big comic. Like you are a comic reader. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Actually, one of the things. Uh, so, so for anyone who doesn't know me, I, I currently write for Polygon.com, mm-hmm. and uh, w- yeah, I agree. One of one of the things that I'm excited about for writing for Polygon is over the last uh, six months, we have decided to expand our coverage mm-hmm. from covering video games primarily which i mean we're still our focus but we're also covering movies tv and comic books mm-hmm. um and i have very much taken up the the comic book stuff and i'm trying nice. to do a lot of stuff with that because it's an excuse for me to finally read comic books again <laughs> so do people <laughs> no, get mad right. about that and like this is a game websites i've seen some for of about that. for about three months uh, like, i like this anyway but oh. yeah for about three months there was a lot of like uh I thought this was a website for video games and you know we just had to kind of keep repeating I think eventually we put up like an official post that was like just so you guys know we have officially decided that we're doing this yes. and then we can just link to that post whenever people get angry but I uh, always said like well what do you want them to write about they reviewed the latest PS4 remaster of a last gen game like <laughs> this is we need things to talk yeah. about well and that's that's kind of the thing is the the, the focus for us has always been like anything any games coverage we're not doing because of this mm-hmm. is stuff that we weren't excited about covering anyway yeah. mm-hmm. um, like this isn't taking away from coverage um, we have an entertainment editor now so we have somebody Ooh. who really focuses on just that stuff and, well, and um, I know you did some pretty cool you even did like some WWE coverage in the run up yeah we've done a little bit of wrestling stuff uh, teensy bit here and there mm-hmm. um but yeah, that's that is awesome. Well, speaking, well, also, I do want to get this out of the way, listeners. If you don't follow me on Twitter or go to the Blazer Time site, uh, I have left my old place of employment. I am no longer at GamesRadar.com. That is true. And the death of an era. And yeah, <laughs> it's the, the end of an era. But hey, it was an amicable split. I wish them nothing but the best in the future. I mean, we can They're we can cool be players. honest about it. Like they were competition with Polygon, mm-hmm. and we had to get you away. from <laughs> Phil them. wouldn't do yeah. the show. We, had, we I was like, listen, if you want me on the show, leave your job. <laughs> I had to weaken them for the sake of. <laughs> no, but I, I wish them nothing but the best. But yeah, the, in in the transition, you know, I've been doing uh, in the last week or so. I've written a few things for for laser time including a couple posts that we're definitely going to talk about on this week's episode 
Uh, plus, slightly related to it, we did do a couple commentary tracks, fan, a couple more of our fan commentary tracks. One for Iron Man 3, one for Avengers, uh, the Avengers. You know, you were going to watch them anyway in the lead up to Age of Ultron. Why not watch them with, with us? Yeah. Support Henry. What's, uh, what's, let me ask you this hmm. uh, while we're talking about it. What, what's hmm. your guys' take on Iron Man 3? Because I know that's a... That's one that, that splits some people. Actually, the first time you guys had watched it since I the theater, I hadn't seen right? it since the theater until I'd, that I'd time. I watched it and... again. It's definitely weird. Yeah, it's weird. It drags a little bit, and by the end, it, I don't what know. It, what it does I... is it makes you forget Iron Man 1 and 2, where, mm-hmm. and it's like, weird, this guy from Avengers is holding his own movie. <laughs> and then there's this weird kid in there, and that interaction is super fun. It was I liked. I well, then kid. watching it the second time, I was looking for all the Shane Blackisms of just like, well, now it just became Lethal Weapon. Like there were scenes of like when they were when it was Tony and uh, Rhodey walking around mm-hmm. the 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 ship looking for the president. I was like, well, that's Lethal Weapon. Like that's mm-hmm. simply Lethal Weapon. But and the stuff with the kid was real funny. But. Yeah, on the dads on the, die every day. Don't be a pussy about it. I fucking love that line. On on the super front, the I it, it just totally was kind of all around the place. Uh, watching yeah. it again, I I did forget that like holy shit, all this legitimate lead up to the Mandarin being the villain and all the tra- and nobody knew. I forgot that that movie did that whole mislead. Mm. Yeah, like basically as a all parody of, of every Nolan villain. Yeah, like just to set up a joke, uh, based it almost squarely at Bane. Mm-hmm. I, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. How they sacrificed the Mandarin for a gag. Yeah. I kind of, I'm kind of okay with that. I dude. liked, yeah, uh, especially I mean, because the Mandarin is like a villain oh, that I feel impossible. like. How do you, how do you do that in a way impossible. that's not just offensive, right? <laughs> yeah. like, so like, I was in, I'm in utter admiration. Like, I yeah. forgot they, and Kingsley never gets to be funny. Yeah, and he's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> That's true too. As the fake Mandarin. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's interesting. I've got to go back and watch it because I actually also have not seen it since the theaters. Um, I just realized this week that it's the only Marvel film in, I think, of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Mm. It's the only one that I don't own on Blu-ray, and I'm like, mm. I should probably fix that. Started buying them on Amazon. Uh, yeah, but but I really like the fact that that movie deals with anxiety PT- issues. PTSD. Yeah, yeah, like I thought that was I thought that was a super cool like. A weird direction term. for them to to take it, and I guess as somebody who has like anxiety issues myself, I was like Boom. in the theater when I saw it the first time. I was like kind of really into that, yeah. and and that's why I speak glowingly of like I'm cool with whatever Ant Man's going to surprise me with because I mm-hmm. didn't expect Iron Man three yeah. to be that movie. I didn't expect Winter Soldier to be a weird political thriller. Yeah, yeah. And so they're telling me right now Ant Man is a comedy, and Paul Rudd gets to speak twice in um, the trailers, in the trailers, and that's all. And I'm sure there's a surprise. I, I I don't know what's in store for me. You know, so in the let's jump into the what you've been reading section. Don't One play. of the first things I want to talk about um, trailers. Tomorrowland. Yes. Joss, yeah, oh, sorry. Joss Whedon yeah. had a couple like really in depth interviews he gave this week he about. Sad. Uh, yeah, he seems well. He's had to live in Marvelland for like five, three years now. No, I think like, he's, he's exhausted and he's like, I, I think I did a bad job. I read an interview where he was like, I did. I, this is bad. I'm sorry. Well, so the BuzzFeed interview was the best one I read, uh, and in it he talked about Ant Man, where like they asked him, "What did you think of the Edgar Wright thing?" Yes. And he said he didn't understand it because he said the best script. He said it was read. the best read he script he'd read from a Marvel film and the most Marvel script he'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't understand why it didn't get made. I, I wish I didn't want to know the details of that falling out, mm-hmm. but it seemed like such a match made in heaven. And Edgar Wright seems like a guy who's impossible to piss off. 
He seems so agreeable. In yeah, like I, yeah, I, I, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. It's, it's weird too because it's. I feel like we'll never know. At least not anytime soon. We're not going to know the, yeah. the the full details of that. And it's, it's hard to say on the outside. Like maybe it just didn't make sense with their plan for where they want to take things. And mm-hmm. but even then, like I just can't imagine Edgar Wright not being like, okay, yeah. I don't okay. know. Yeah, I mean, the, the Six Scott Pilgrim book wasn't out when he was writing the script, and I yeah. don't, there wasn't like in a clash with O'Malley. I can't do this. <laughs> they technically did have a sword fight, they, they, a <laughs> literal clash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the but the interview was really good. I want to read the Rolling Stone one too. He just seems very tired. Uh, Whedon seems very tired, and and also the um, the explanation that. Apparently he like will just float in and out of a British accent. Sometimes they were saying like on set, like he just will, because he like went to school in London and in mm. like high school, and so he just like drops in and out. That explains why he's so much smarter than me. But now, like now, the film's out in England, or I think tomorrow. Yeah, that it is, is infuriating. Like, yeah. like, people are offering to write reviews for us. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I'm not editing this. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. I will not look at your fucking review. I yeah. can't watch this for two weeks. And I worry there's going to be just all these like comic news sites that I read that are going to have just the post that'll be explaining the after credit scene of like the same deal they did with Thanos in the uh, last I one. am literally I'm try, I've, I've done this before successfully but I'm pretty sure the uh, ending uh, the post credits scene was ruined for me oh uh, in a already? Gift. yeah and uh, I'm pretty Wait, sure I can really? forget yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure I can forget it uh, by the time I see the film. How? Already? Yeah. How? Yeah. It screened last night. Well, I know there were some press screenings in America this week, too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But... There's there's still some coming up this week, I think. And we there's a fake sending one. someone. There's also a, a definitely a fake one that looks very real mm. that you want oh, to Oh, I, I saw that one. I'm not even going to say what the fake one was, but yeah, I saw... I just in case, it, it, there's, there's a 10% chance it's real, but... Uh... I, I think I saw that Whedon said it's fake. Yes. Like, but he's also said there are no post-credits and I saw one so well I think he said there's no true post-credits oh like the, the shawarma, shawarma scene. scene there's no yeah. shawarma scene that, that's already too spoilery to say those words um, <laughs> but alright what what else I've been reading uh, let me get uh, what I've been reading this Go week real quick I read Unbeatable Squirrel Girl 4 which is great like it is the funniest book I'm reading right now and it's such a hilarious book the first page the first page of the book is her Sitting on top of an unconscious Galactus saying like, well, we did it, Tippy Toe. The end. And then it goes to the letters page, like after the first page. That's awesome. It's real good. Uh, and then it continues from there. It's it's really great. You guys should be reading Unbeatable Squirrel Girl before it gets canceled, I worry. <laughs> I worry it's not going to survive Secret Wars. I don't think a lot is. But... Uh, and then second, you and I both read Star Wars 4. Yeah. yeah, like really a, good. Um, once again, every time I think I'm immune to the gravitational pull of Star Wars, mm-hmm. it pulls me back in and I become a sucker. But like, a, a blithering sycophant. You get pulled and back into the Sarlacc. I can't help it, man. I like. <laughs> yes, it's it's allure is too much for little me and me my age. And that mm-hmm. that have you have you read the new Star Wars comic? I've not read any of it, it yet. So, but I'm, I'm really glad to hear that it's good. It is excellent. It's, it is so much fun. It's unfair that it's so good. Honestly, like I would say, at least the book. I think all are great. Like the the Darth Vader book by Karen Gillan, the, um, the Princess Leia book mm-hmm. written by Mark Wade, but especially. Simply Star Wars by Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron and John Cassidy. Like, it is so good. It's unfair. It's unfair. And now, but now I'm looking at it in a weirder light because I've watched a bunch of that celebration stuff mm. and seeing where they're going to take the universe and we're living in a world where everything Star Wars is canon now. Yeah, so that's like, what I was going to ask is, uh, you know, 
with with all of this now under uh, Disney's mm-hmm. purview, uh, are these comics actually considered fully canon then? Yep, one hundred percent. It's canonical. like I thought it was going to be a small story that takes place between New Hope and uh, an Empire, but this looks way bigger. Like this is describing more than them getting well, to. Well, it is. It is one hundred percent. So, Star Wars nerds, you know that. Episode 4 and Episode 5, there are three years between those mm-hmm. two. So that gives you a lot of space to deal in. And like the, those three books, Vader, Leia, and Star mm-hmm. Wars, those seem to all be taking place like in three months after yeah. the Death Star's fall explosion. So And it's, it's, it's yeah. neat. You get to see like the Rebels have this massive amount of optimism because the fucking Death Star we fell. We did it. That's we the biggest thing we'll ever do. Like, why, yeah. Let's keep going. Well, Darth Vader's been demoted and is treated like garbage, and it's, it's wonderful seeing him like struggle through the empirical bureaucracy. That's, that's kind of awesome. It's, it's kind of like that's kind of a that's a scenario that like when you think about it, it's like oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you can't fuck up more than you did Vader. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> if you weren't the only other Sith, the Emperor would just kill you. <laughs> yes. Like he would have killed you already. And also that yeah, like uh, it, 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 the Emperor even tells him. You're the only survivor of the biggest blunder in de- in Empire history. Like you've got to be punished, and and the, you it, know what that what that also gives me hope for is uh, that gives me a new hope. I, I was about to say that for for the the new Star Wars films as well. Like yeah. if it's you know if the people who are in charge of that on the story level, um, like just keeping everything in track in the direction general direction of the universe, are also the ones in charge of the comics then like fingers crossed they can really pull it off I I think they like I think Lucas was a lot less interested in telling stories at that point I think the Star Wars has been nothing but a burden on him and he was in constructing the prequels he was really trying to do too much world building within three movies well there is a like okay so let me let me uh, let me pimp an article on polygon.com ooh alright if you must there's uh, there's (laughs) a a piece that we had go up um I believe this was late last week. Mm-hmm. It was a, a panel that George Lucas did mm-hmm. yeah, um, with Stephen Colbert. Colbert. Yeah. Um, yeah, and one of the things that George Lucas talks about in that panel, and I, I think this this rings true with what you're saying, is you know he's talking about the fact that, like, oh, the reason sucks. my dialogue sucks is because I don't think the dialogue is actually important, just how it's said. Yeah. And, and that almost, <laughs> he said like... it's all going to be special effects around it anyway. And to me, so. that extends to, like... I think that was kind of his approach to storytelling in yeah. general. He was like, oh, the story doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, what are, he, what's it going to look like? He needed to rent some no men. I love that. Those special features on the DVD were, right, everybody? Yes, George. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> look, a good thing. This could be an entire hour-long podcast about I nerds think talking about... I the internet about has talked enough about Star Wars. I think my... my, uh, my <laughs> yeah, my, my coworker, my colleague, Danielle Rando, was watching the the episode one documentary mm-hmm. making of thing oh, that was on the and disc I, yeah yeah and i saw her tweeting about that and and saying like you can see the points there... where george lucas in his eyes you can tell like he's starting to panic and realizing yeah. that he doesn't like what he's made yeah and then like no one around him stuck. is, and people are just giving like strange looks at one another and not telling him well so i think that was that's a difference now that they have like they have the story team is just like keep track of everything that before I bet they did have that within Lucasfilm of old, too. Mm-hmm. But George Lucas was still above all them. Yeah, and any time George nah. Lucas came in and was like, no, this is what happened. Yeah. yeah. They're like, but that doesn't... Uh, okay. I wrote That's one of happened. these movies. I think I can write the next three <laughs> in my 60s. Well, it's also... Uh, I listen on the, I've told this story before, but this is like how deep I know Lucas feels. Like, of this weird pettiness of... 
or this, this strange attention to detail on the commentaries for the commentary track for Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. When they go to the planet where they fight at the end of it, the whatever desert place it was, there's all these bugs who build stuff there. And, and he says... Uh, on the commentary track, uh, Dante and Randall and Clerks talked about all those contractors that got blown yeah. up in Death Star in the second Death Star. But it's really just these bug guys. They were the ones building it, so <laughs> you shouldn't worry about them. Like the, Re- the rebels didn't blow up. The- I was you like, just, you can just see on an old clipboard with a giant check. <laughs> got him. <laughs> yeah, they thought I killed all Clerks those innocent people. No. Yeah. Uh, I, why wait? Why don't we worry about the bugs? I'm just. I'm glad he's. He's. I don't. I, I love that man. I think he's a. He's a wonderful yeah. dude. And he's contributed so much to film, and he's not. He shouldn't be constantly made a mockery of. But I'm glad he's free of this burden. He can do whatever. He well, wants. that's that's exactly. Yeah, it. And getting that, you know, looking at the stuff that he talked about in that Colbert interview, you really get that sense of like, like handling Star Wars was not what he wanted to be doing yeah. anymore. And and it seemed like it wasn't what he'd wanted to be doing for a long time. I, he oh, wants to be doing something else. I have one thing. I'm a podcast i did one impression didn't know that was the one thing i was going to get yelled at in public to do and it's like i'm not i didn't know this would be the thing i was attached to and it made me kind of uncomfortable and that didn't make billions of dollars and support <laughs> and support the lives of hundreds of people yeah now i in in the, not yet not yet no in, yeah. in the really great book raging bulls and easy riders about 70s film they talk about I don't know if you've read that. Film. I haven't. I haven't, but I'm familiar with the it, book. It's it on is, my list. It is great, but it, as is its sequel book about '90s independent film is mm-hmm. almost as good. But so Lucas is part of that book, and it's a lot about like him and his now ex-wife and how they didn't get along. And she called she called Lucasfilm. She said it was a reverse pyramid built on a grape, and it was just <laughs> like that he had to keep it centered right there. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like it sounds like a real. You should tote, but still thoroughly recommended. I am out of my mind excited by the new Star Wars trailer. That panel is really great. There's gonna be, I read on Polygon. There's gonna be a B8 robot toy. Oh BB-8 yeah, robot yeah. Toy. BB-8. Man, BB-8. I, I got to tell you guys, people, uh, as somebody who has access to traffic for Polygon.com, mm-hmm. oh, people, people love that damn robot. It's already <laughs> he's like, it's amazing, and I love especially that like Mark Hamill came back from set. Oh yeah, that robot's real. Sure it is, Mark. Yeah. Sure it is, and then like, and then it, every everybody's like, "Wait, are you saying you thought Mark was just like hallucinating?" Dude, everybody <laughs> on the net treated him like an old guy. Yes, Mark, the robot oh, sure. is very yeah. real. I'm sure it is spooky too. And then, <laughs> and, then, and, and then like, and then that thing rolls out on stage, and you hear people like, "Oh, it, it moves! <laughs> it moves!" It, it was so great. It was so great. And then everybody wrote, I am so sorry I wrote that thing about Hamill being senile. <laughs> this, is, this robot is real and it works. So what have you been reading lately, Phil? Uh, how, do you, how do you guys feel about manga? I like manga. I, I don't about, like, read Does that as... count as comic books? Oh, to yeah, you? totally. I, haven't, I don't read as much as I used to. Now I'm very choosy with what manga I read. But... So I feel weird coming on a, a comic podcast and the, the only thing that I'm talking about being manga, especially because I'm not really a hardcore, like, manga reader i'm not an anime watcher uh-huh. uh really but i uh one of the few major comic purchases i've made in the last few weeks um i went to the local comic shoppy and uh <laughs> picked up this this colossal edition of attack attack on titan oh wow um, the first it's the first five volumes i believe oh 
Um, so I really liked Attack on Titan the show, and I wouldn't mind checking. It yeah, out. yeah. So I, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, like I said, not a big anime watcher. But Attack on Titan was just one of those few shows that that worked for me, mm-hmm. um, and it pulled me in. That's what I said. I'm not a big anime or manga guy, but that thing, yeah, that won me over immediately. So I was like, I, I've heard that the manga is. It, I've heard the the show is very, it very much sticks to manga. So I don't That's think I'm going to be getting. Right? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be getting a lot more out of it, mm. but. I, I'm interested to see what changes are, if any. The art is gorgeous in it. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And, uh, and some of the later episodes, that's all the uh, all the movement is. Yeah, just, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of why I, I I watched a few of the episodes of the anime, and I was enjoying it. But I think I was going to... This this reminds me to check out the manga. Uh, I mean, check, and also check out the live-action trailer, because that shit looks insane. Mm. Yeah. Uh, apparently now the manga is still ongoing and, and is quite a ways ahead of the mm-hmm. what the single season of the show got to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am I'm also hoping to kind of keep going with it. And um, I just want I just want to figure out what what's in that damn basement. I just want to know what's in the basement. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. I've been I I mean I've been reading manga a lot. I I'm still only about halfway through Pluto, which is. Um, uh, Naoki Urasawa, who did Monster and oh, 20th yeah. Century Boys, he's he's currently my favorite manga artist. Is he doing and something about Mickey's dog? Once, no, Pluto is uh, it's called Urasawa Cross uh, Tezuka, and it's him doing Mighty Adam slash um, Astro Boy. Mm. Oh, him redoing it as a like a serious hard sci-fi about robots but that still also in, involves Tetsuan Adam. It's really interesting. I, I, I've been enjoying it. I a lot. always like the Japanese every society has a tale li- a, about that's about living in fear of robots. Yeah. But mm-hmm. once you go to Japan it's like you should be more in fear of it. <laughs> because because no matter how uh, illogical it is to, for to, for an American to, like build a robot to replace you, Japan seems to have like no problem doing it all the time and showcasing it on the news. I mean, also we've got that that BB-8 now though. So yeah, exactly. We're, we're on our way we're out. Exactly. There. We don't even need soccer players anymore. We got a ball that can kick itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, is that is that all you've been? Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for me. Um, I've been. Is there anything you would recommend to people? Because I, I wanted you on as a fresh voice, like because we're always talking about the same shit. Henry and I both read Star Wars. What's something you read lately that you recommend? Yeah, I mean, uh, like the the only thing that even comes to mind that uh, I'm trying to, like I said, just just now starting to try to get caught up mm-hmm. on Marvel and DC stuff. The the one book that I have been reading from the start is the new Ant Man. It's fun, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's real fun. good. I yeah. haven't been reading that. No, I have. It's it's pretty fun. Scott Lang is is a very Hawkeye character. Hawkeye. Yeah, they they really I I like that they kind of focus in on like Scott Lang. Can can we swear? Are yeah, swearing allowed. I've been doing a lot. Um, I'm I don't want to offend your listeners. No, uh, <laughs> fuck but I, I like that they've uh, I like that they really focused in on Scott Lang. Is just a huge fuck up. Yes, like, yes. From from the start, it's just and like nobody has no, any reason you, to trust him. You are a disaster. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, like he goes to Tony Stark, and Tony Stark's just like, "Why would I give you a job? Mm-hmm. That would be the worst mistake." <laughs> um, it's just like all sorts of like really, and and I think there's some people from what I've read. There are some people who like Scott Lang who have gotten a little offended by that. Mm, but as somebody huh. who feels no real affinity to Scott Lang, yeah, I'm just kind of like, no. This, I don't know what established... considering his history, this kind of works. For yeah, me. I don't. Well, I don't know much of his history. Scott I guess. Lang is okay. I would say Scott Lang is a complex character because uh-huh. in the '80s they just kind of handed him the Ant Man. Not unlike in the movie, mm-hmm. they just handed him Ant Man because. Uh, Hank Pym was way beyond Ant-Man. There wasn't mm. going to be an Ant-Man comic, so they just handed the mantle to this dude. But he wasn't like a screw-up. He was mm. like a, a scientist who was down on his luck. And, yeah. and 
up until even like two years ago in Matt Fraction's take on the Fantastic Four where Scott Lang joined up, like he was a grieving parent. Like he had lost his daughter and he his life was kind of falling apart, but only because like he was just very depressed. Mm. And and he was uh, but he was also a brilliant scientist too, and so this seems like kind of a there, turn from that. As there, well. There's almost some some sense of like, and and this is I've I've done a lot of like I did an article on the the sort of history of Ant Man leading mm-hmm. up to the movie, um, and there's almost some sense of like this Scott Lang is a little bit more like Hank Pym, but if if Hank Pym hadn't gone completely, yeah, off the so off, like let mm. me I like. That's the that is a messy thing for Hank Pym is that like he you can the thing you can always say about Hank Pym is like something to say oh but then he hit his wife like yep he did like there's no <laughs> yeah you can't go back from that and yeah but and, that, also- and that's exactly it is like so they've got this this take on Scott Lang now that I feel like is it almost embodies everything that I knew and found enjoyable about Hank Pym as a character mm-hmm. but he doesn't have that one thing yeah. that like you can't really ever like you can't. You can't say, like, oh, Hank Pym, what a fun character. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say one of the best, if you uh, if you haven't read it, Mighty Avengers, the, the run by Dan Slott, sure. is really great. In Like, Hank Pym is the star. He leads the team. And they set up from the very start that, like, Hank Pym is, like, they're not trying to erase it in any way. Like, Hank Pym's, like, I will have to live with this for the rest of my life. I will apologize for this every day. I don't like. I wish I never did it, but I did, and I'm trying to make up for it. And it's just him rebuilding, and he's like, "I'm trying to be a better guy." And it was it was a very interesting take on the character. Like, I, I think, like in the actual continuity of the Marvel universe right now, in so much as that exists, mm-hmm. uh, I think that is where Hank Pym is now. Is like he's kind of he has rebuilt to some degree, yeah. and he is a little bit more of a uh, he's in a better place than he was, say. 10 years ago yeah. as a character. And also in Mighty Avengers, he had one of my favorite comebacks ever to somebody who like, so he meets up with um, Norman Osborn and his Avengers team. Mm-hmm. This is back when he Norman Osborn ran the Avengers. And Norman says to him like, oh, hit any women lately? And then Tank Pym says, I don't know, have you thrown any off a bridge lately? Like, <laughs> so. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I can't believe, like, that's, to me, that's, <laughs> that's just another like, rough rough patch for him it's like oh you got to lead the avengers oh when when norman osborn was also leading a different avengers team yeah. that's cool no, I'd, I'd say you still kind of consistently kicked in the dick because i kind of only see him brought <laughs> yeah, up like yeah yeah this ultron thing is all your fault there's that well. too there is that too hank pym's got a lot of baggage yeah, he's really got a lot does. of baggage all your fault um well you know what let's we're gonna have a lot of trailer talk in the second segment but before sure. we go into i want to talk about one news piece uh before we get into that well actually two first the eisner award nominations were out this week those are i those are usually like i think the best awards in comics or mm-hmm. one of the best and like they they spotlight so many great books like just look at the eisner award nominations and like think of that as a checklist of i need to read these things or i should have read these things name so. for michael eisner um <laughs> yep, the, the savior of disney what i not that what i didn't know it's named for will eisner news story. i know michael it's named for will eisner the listeners I was, might not know. I was just... segueing that. Did you know Michael Eisner owns Tops and Bazooka Gum? What? Now? And has it is now like leading oh. the charge in press releases of like, design new Bazooka Joe. We're going to kick off these comics again. Like, but you have 
gum that tastes like used gum. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. It, like it's so funny. The comic can be re- amazing. He's like, just like I rebooted Disneyland, <laughs> I'm going to reboot Bazooka he, Gum. He ended up with a controlling stake in Tops, and wow. which is also owns Bazooka Joe. So Michael Eisner is kickstarting Bazooka Joe into the new millennium. What will, he, what will Bazooka Joe be wrapped around? iPods? I don't know, but it better not be that shitty piece, that pink chalk <laughs> well, I that still, I did love. I collected all that stupid crap. I want new drawings of it, but the joke still better be like, why did the guy throw the clock out the window? <laughs> to see time fly. What the hell? <laughs> Shrug. <laughs> but, they, but they're wearing current fashion. Yes. No, no. I definitely need Bazooka Joe at all, at all times. Uh Eyeless. I need. <laughs> I need a little kid in an eye patch at yeah, all times. Kid I would not patch. be happy. Uh, but also in the news was uh, this is kind of a spoiler for all new X Men Forty, but it's honestly been in the news everywhere. Really, yeah. In the last two days, like from when from the book a actually four, come out? it came out to the this went oh, okay. today Wednesday okay. when we recorded it. So it's um, Bendis' last issue? It's Bendis' last issue of all new X-Men, but his final X-Men issue, I think, is next month. It's like Uncanny 500 or 600, I think it is. Bobby Drake, Iceman, came out of the closet or was forced. This is how silly comic books are. So the, the revelation is original <laughs> X-Man, Iceman, who has existed since 1963. The X-Men brought back in time to teach current uh, Scott Summers the error of his ways. Yeah. Still a so, dumb justification on Beast for bringing them in. So Jean Grey, who has no, who has limiting control over her, young Jean Grey, who has limited control <laughs> over her psychic abilities, she can kind of read just surface thoughts of people. And so in this issue, she like eventually just called out Bobby. She's like, Bobby, come on. You're gay. Then he's like, "Hey, what the fuck?" Like, like he wasn't ready to come out. Yeah, I mean but, that's that's yeah. not a cool thing. That's not necessarily yeah. the the best move. You yeah, guys, you're psychic. right. Not my ice man. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's no, what I that, meant. Yeah, that's <laughs> not how you out somebody. You say like, "I'm pretty sure you're gay." You're like, "Yeah." But. There's also so uh, it seems like part of the controversy going around that I've seen is there's also some some lines in there that are very like dismissive of bisexuality. Uh, which yeah. is, which I is, did see a, pe- a lot of people incredibly pissed about that too. Yeah, well, so I, I, uh, I guess like the line uh, from my understanding is it's something like he's like, well, I'm he he says to Jean Grey like, well, I'm, I'm bisexual, and then she's like, no, you're full gay. Yeah, it, and no, it's like ah, I remember the line exactly. It was she. He says maybe I'm bisexual, and she's like, I hear everybody is, but no, I think you're full gay. And he's like, yeah, you're right, uh, but I think it's really it is a. Bag. It is a bag of worms, not a can of worms, a bag of worms. A bag of worms um, is a different thing. Well, it also gets even more complicated because he exists at the same time with current Iceman, who has dated women and most recently dated Kitty Pride. Yeah. Well, and so then keep... that explains, like, has he been in the closet the whole time and just dated well, that's, women? That's the, the weird, we live in weird times now where I'm not seeing any people like, Iceman can't be gay. I love him. I'm not seeing anything like that. I'm seeing... The left, like, that's not gay enough. Or like, you're just going to counteract this. That's not... Well, he's not really gay either. Well, like any comic, like because it's the, a, stuff it I read, a, I, the stuff I read, because the stuff I read, because the what was it, uh, Battle of the Atom or yeah, uh, the Battle from, like, of the Atom a, yeah. a year ago, it is established that like Iceman in the future is like a crazy is two things, a, like mon- monstrous beast 
into Genius Wizard so that he's he, and he's essentially just an ice monster now. What yeah. the f- so, what the fuck is happening in X Men? I swear. So like so like people Ice are like, Man is a oh, which, messy character. Which Iceman is like? But this this comic alluded to the idea that he basically recreates himself a fool so he can not be gay in the present, even well, though you established him. As, how can, he's not gay enough? That's like, well. That is also a true statement. Uh, now that people are upset that he's not gay enough. Well, I have seen some of well, them. Well, so as well, that's another aspect to it too. That I always look, I've always looked for like hints of gay characters of like. And people think, oh, this guy's always seemed to be gay, and now they find another character out of the closet. And so I was seeing several like comic sites saying, Henry oh, Henry has we, reason to connect with that. Is we, we always thought Bobby, like, people have been thinking Bobby Drake was gay for, like, 30 years. I was like, what, really? I never heard that. Yeah, I actually, I, when I saw, like, I thought it was going to be uh, Beast. Yeah, and well. He seems the most likely. No, nah, but he's been in committed relationships with women for a very long time. So has, like, every Hollywood actor. Uh, no, but, I mean, they've, they've been <laughs> out to show, well... Oh boy, this is so complicated. But also, in Grant Morrison's run, Mm -hmm. uh, they he had the Beast come out of the closet and say he was gay, Mm -hmm. but he actually wasn't because he was trying to hurt the feelings of the girl he just broke up with. That's that's pretty fucked up too. That'll do it. Master of mind games, I think. Wow. Though I also read Kurt Busiek said that like in the, it's it's so complicated. Well, so there's also the level of. If the current day Iceman isn't gay and not closeted and just isn't gay, then it could present the idea of like, oh, so he's fixed and he stopped being gay. Oh and like, it, but oh then no. other people are like, well, no, that just precludes like a fluid sexuality and all this stuff. And but we're also like, he comes. But he's just frozen. <laughs> well, and Iceman has died, been yeah. recreated. Yes. He's like, Iceman has existed so many different times, like that. A complete brain personality change in his like death and rebirth and like cloning himself through mm. ice sculptures. There, there, it does, Any of those things could have changed his mental makeup in a million ways. And it like, was weird to see that was uh, upsetting for some people. Who like it's kind of neat that hey, the channels I read, people are excited about a gay character, mm-hmm. but they can't be if Marvel's on the verge of hitting a reset button where nothing counts. Yeah, or a reset that's also true. Button. And they and they've set up terms that like Bobby Drake might not even be I- the Iceman of this era or the next era. I mean, it's, it's just something they could so easily wiggle out of. There's a lot of wiggle room. Here's what I'm going to say. Comic books are really weird and yes. silly. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see where they go with this. Uh, I, 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 I guess, like, I coming at it as somebody who is I'm a bisexual man myself, mm-hmm. um, I do think that's a little, like, I, I think it's kind of shitty that they can't just be like, well, he's dated women and is also interested in men, so he's bisexual. I'm yeah. supposed to categorize him. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, like, some... There, there is like biphobia. That's a real thing. And like people don't, yeah. That hell they, yeah, it is. They, they want to be the straight boy. They just want to stick him in one camp or the other. Like that's the kind of what it feels like. Too. I feel like everybody's bi, including me. I'm just boring. Like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have I'm a, not adventurous enough mm-hmm. to yeah. venture out into the others into into the fair the, the same sex. Mm-hmm. I feel boring. Somebody help me. I get that. Nobody at the say less to fuck me right now. <laughs> and that will not un- un-gay Iceman. So. It's a weird way to hit on us. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I'm just trying to make it uh, more uncomfortable, and then I got scared and tried to make it uh, more comfortable That's again. That's cool. No, Is that I mean, right? We're going to have sex right now. Yes! Yes! <laughs> we got a break coming up. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's just... And then they've also implied that, like, this... 
all of the past X Men mm-hmm. are maybe not from the same time. Well, they're, they're so different complicated. Now. Yeah, they're they're, they're uh, irreversibly changed by what yeah. they see in the future, and they can't go back. It's it, weird because like I have a lot of love for X Men. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of love for the 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 characters mm-hmm. and all the crazy adventures they've been through, but I it freaks me out how like ridiculously complicated. X-Men timelines mm-hmm. and stories are like even beyond regular Marvel heroes like yeah. the X-Men have always had been like complicated to a degree that I just I never feel like I can get any footing in like what's yeah. actually going on it, it's it's probably the universe that's had the most going on for 20 years yeah. and like mm-hmm. we were talking we keep talking about like is Fox gonna is Fox gonna make Marvel cancel the X-Men lines like it has more lines than any any anything even the Avengers they've got so many characters to deal with but I I, I was baffled to look at somebody sent me some codes like, here's Wolverine and the X-Men. I'm like, Wolverine's dead. <laughs> How are you still doing Wolverine and the X-Men? I <laughs> don't know. I would say, if you want a fun, mostly continuity-free X-Men book, like, look up Wolverine and the X-Men, at least the first run of it by Jason yeah, Garen. Yeah. It is a great book. Yeah, I actually um, started Thank reading Byron, that way back when it when it started, like, what was that, like, four years that ago? Is, it's like six now. Six years ago? God, yeah, time it was a long time fast. ago. Uh, but... I started reading it back then and was really, really into it. I, yeah, I've I always it. meant to uh, finish off that run. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think X-Men like got so fucked in the 90s that they've just spent like the last 15 years trying to like make it less complicated than that. And mm-hmm. they're not totally... They're trying to unfuck themselves in the same way that they're trying to un-gay Bobby Drake. And I oh. think that's it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a problem. Just, just pyro, dog. I, look, I'm cool. <laughs> one last thing about like his coming out pages were... That they seem to imply is like, oh, you know, from the time we were in, uh, people were really worried about it. People aren't worried about that now. I'm like, no, no, wait, wait, wait a minute. You are from ten years ago. You're not actually from 1963. You're from ten oh, okay. years ago. And while I definitely, I think you're just a millennial. Like, I think society, American <laughs> society's feelings on LGBTQ people is lighter now than it was 10 years ago they're acting like they come from the 60s like yeah. If, yeah. yeah okay and they're not from the 60s okay. like, yeah that was part of um, Bendis's explanation too when when people I saw there were some people complaining about the um, bisexuality issue and Bendis said this was just one person from a certain era reacting a certain way mm-hmm. um, and I'm like that certain era was like like you said it was 10 years yeah, ago it, was, it, was, it wasn't it was actually 2002 I in don't your think continuity it, yeah. as it is now it was not the hey 60s. I got called a faggot 10 years ago in public and a bunch of people laughed Florida yeah Florida. that is Florida, Florida. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway it is an interesting thing I, I, I like I like seeing any like non like to have a classic character like that come out, mm-hmm. like who's been around for fifty plus I'm years, not, I'm not starting. Really, cartoons. not bashing anybody. I just thought that was the big irony: is that like it wasn't gay in a way that mattered to people who wanted to see a gay character. <laughs> or it doesn't feel or like wanted enough. to see a bi character. Or like it, it, yeah. it was it was weird to see that that was the issue rather than like. Eh, I think ew. I think part of it too is going to be you know and and this follow is, through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I. Uh, this is part of why I've been trying to like not really say much about it because I kind of want to wait and read it myself. And I think the big but the big you question is on the be, internet. Fly off the handle I now. Know, Apologize later. Hot takes. Uh, <laughs> the big question is going to be both: how is that all in context of the full issue, and mm-hmm. then also how does it go forward from here, yeah. like in in the rest of Bendis's stuff, and then also beyond that. I feel like um, Bendis has to write a scene between past Bobby and current Bobby. 
Like, I think that could at least be an interesting scene to have I mean, your past self talk to you and say, like, no, you're gay. And like, he's oh, heavily shit, implied in, in, you know, the stuff he said online since that leak. Uh, he's heavily implied that he's like, you know, obviously this is going to have some impact on current day Bobby. Um, <laughs> that there's there's going to be, like, some more stuff happening related to this. Uh, saying, the, promising a payoff is too sexy a word. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're so that's enough what? of that. Oh, <laughs> here's what's going to happen. Hold on, for sure. What? What if? What if they what do if, it? What if they do it? What if Bobby does it with himself? Oh my God! He can mm. talk. Wait, how old is the all new X Men character? I think he's there. I think they're written as barely legal, sexier, and it doesn't count with a boy. Um, <laughs> oh, Chris. Sorry. Oh, Chris. <laughs> oh, me. This is too much for Phil to take on. I was just going to say, the one thing that I know is going to happen is that Iceman will continue to have ice powers. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, you'll see way more of that than whoever he's kissing. Let's relax. That'll be like one panel. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, there are so many fucking trailers to talk about. Oh, my God. And we'll have your reactions to that, your answers to last week's question of the week, and more talking with our new friend, Phil. It's Henry, and uh, welcome to the break. And you know, this is usually where I thank you guys uh, for all your support and all that. But I have triple, quadruple the reason to say thank you this week for all your support. Uh, so, as you, in case you're hearing this for the first time, yes, I have uh, parted ways with the uh, Games Radar, my old employer. I'm currently, uh, you know, figuring out what I'm doing in the future. But in the moment. We put up on lasertime.bandcamp.com the uh, commentary tracks for Iron Man 3 and Avengers. We did a fan commentary recording. We had a lot of fun. We, you know, and if you wanted to watch it along with us, this is your chance to do it. And I posted and said, hey, if you guys wanted to, you know, help me out in this time of transition, you can buy these things off our Bandcamp if you want to. You don't have to. Like, if you can't afford it or you're not interested, that's cool too. But... I, I asked if you if you wanted to get it. Now's a great time to do it. And so many of you guys bought it. There's there's been uh, just the outpouring and, uh, and friendliness from all you people. Like in the messages that people have given along with uh, their purchases were just so nice, and they they really touched me. And so thank you very much. And and just everybody who commented on on my posts, uh, uh, my goodbye posts. Like those were. Those are really touching, and I really do appreciate all those things. And and like I said, you don't uh, you don't have to buy the commentary tracks. I'm not I'm not demanding you did it. I know this comes so soon after our last uh, commentary track pack, and you know so hey, it's totally cool if you can. But you know if you were gonna watch the you were probably gonna rewatch these movies anyway in the run up to Age of Ultron. Why not watch them with your friends? You know it's one ninety nine for each. Uh, commentary pack to listen along with us to, to see the film. But again, you know, you don't have to. I'm just saying, they're there. Lasertime.bandcamp.com um, Also, uh, don't forget to go to the um, Lasertimepodcast.com. There's all those links to Amazon. You can click on those, buy anything through those links or through the uh, links on the episode page. 
you can buy what we suggest or if you buy anything through those links on Amazon you will uh, a little bit of money comes our way no extra cost to you and it really helps move things along at laser time please go to iTunes review it uh, give it five stars if you've yet to that always helps and I really appreciate that as well like now you know and this again Right now, I'm putting a lot more energy into Cape Crisis uh, in the in the time to come. You guys may have seen I wrote a couple posts for the the site over the weekend about Superman versus Batman and about the Fantastic Four trailer. I'm going to be doing a little more of that stuff as time goes on, and so I'd really appreciate just any kind of way you could help me with that. And now it's time for the Hank's Corner pick of the week. You know, all the Superman Batman stuff it reminded me of what uh, what good Superman Batman comics I read and one of my favorites is Dave Gibbons run of World Finest which is a a Superman Batman team up for the post-crisis era of the late 80s early 90s and it's a really interesting you know uh, way that he delved into both the characters and also Lex and Joker to an extent but just having their personalities bounce off each other in ways they hadn't in in the 50 years previous to that so so anyway you can pick up that and a bunch of other comics we suggest through the links on this episode page any of that that the band camp all that stuff really help us out in this time but again just you listening is gift enough for me uh all right now back to the rest of the show Welcome back, everybody, to episode 134. All right, now it's time for trailer talk. We don't even have time for our regular superhero spotlight thing because it's just... Uh, after Star Wars, like, eight other important... Oh, my uh, God. Hypotastic trailers. Poor, poor DC. Mm-hmm. There were 364 other days on that, <laughs> that trailer could have leaked and would have gotten more attention... It would have been the best thing of all time. Yeah. yeah. And it had to leak. So Batman versus Superman, the Dawn of Justice trailer. That's the big one this uh, in the last week that came out. A lot of hate. Out. A lot of hate for it. Like, I saw... So, I, I, I'm i curious to see what your, your thoughts are. And, Phil, I want you to go first because I did see that you felt... If I read your Twitter correctly, you felt uh, your colleague uh, was a little too harsh on yeah, it. Yeah, well, so uh, the the post that we did uh, on Polygon.com with the with the trailer in it, mm-hmm. uh, it was by Ben Kuchera, and I think what Ben said is it highlights everything wrong with DC's movies. Yes, uh, which I get where he's coming from. Um, I think a lot of the a lot of the dislike of this trailer stems from people who are looking at it as. Uh, Superman is supposed to be this character who is uh, a, a source of um, inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, he's somebody you look up to, and that the trailer is too grim and gritty. It's presenting it as too dark, uh, mm-hmm. and he's too dark of a character in it. It is and not. It, it is not the way we've seen a superhero trailer done in the last five years. And it seems to imply that like looking up to Superman is the same as deifying him, and like mm-hmm. that's bad. Like they yeah, did make him a nice yeah. little 9/11 statue. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get this out to everybody because people even were like, in a sweet way, giving us preemptive shit because we're <laughs> big Marvel fanboys. But dude, well, I love Superman and Batman. Nobody here is rooting against a DC film of any kind. 
But, but how excited are you for Superman to snap Batman's neck? Shit's gonna well, be rad. I, so as the listeners of this know, like I was extra harsh to Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Though I will say, like, so there were some comments on our post for it. A lot of comments, mm-hmm. and most people didn't really like. A lot of people didn't seem all that into it either. But I did want to say one person. Find the person here. Oh yeah. What I didn't like about the trailer was the Spanish subtitles. <laughs> they really they were Portuguese, me. actually. I found uh, out that. There goes but my joke. Mighty Hermaphrodite number nine said, <laughs> um, "Looks amazing. I can't believe it. Even Hank seems positive about it. Like so, people seem to think I was but super there's, negative about it." But there's some really it. cool stuff in there that it's so, still a Superman movie where he's hunted by Batman. Here's how I'm positive about it: that like they're going full Dark Knight Returns. Like it is Dark Knight Returns up the ass and like, and this Batman is Frank Miller's Batman. It, from all intents and purposes and I'm not the biggest lover of Frank Miller these days Yeah. but if Zack Snyder's going to pick any version of a Batman Superman dynamic to deal with mm-hmm. Frank Miller might be his best choice well the, you know? the interesting thing from my perspective is going to be because yeah I, I agree with you I think they are as far as they've shown us it seems very heavily inspired by Dark Knight Returns uh, the question is how do they then spin that off into building towards a Justice League movie like uh-huh. obviously Obviously, it's going to have to conclude very differently from Dark Knight Returns. Yes. It's going um, to have to end up being a very different story in the long run. And that, um, that film, like, everything they showed in the film only lines up with Superman is fighting Batman. But we know from casting and rumors mm-hmm. that that film has to introduce an entire world where the Suicide Squad can exist. But that's completely possible. And Lex Luthor and Aquaman and Cyborg and Wonder Woman and a Wonder Woman who can star in her own film the year later would you like to know what my major problem is with this trailer as someone who fucking practically all he does nowadays is write about trailers okay views them through a very critical lens it wasn't a fucking trailer that was a teaser it was a if long counted, it was a two minute long there's teaser. a long narration and about six seven scenes I mean I think they might have actually called it a Right? I, well, I'm they had sure. like a teaser that led up in like the full trailer. To the it wasn't a full trailer. You didn't get any indication of what that's really about. Just sure. sort of like, here's some things you'll eventually see. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, like it's it, it sets a tone, but it doesn't it does really. Set it, it sets a tone, but it doesn't really give you an idea of what the movie's going to be. Yeah, about. I don't. I don't think it's fair mm-hmm. to judge anything about the movie based on that. It was the yeah, teasiest yeah. teaser uh, I've ever seen. I, I think part of the reason that I it's might two be two and a half minutes long. <laughs> yeah. I think part of the reason I might be a little less harsh than, than some people, and uh, you know, I want to, I want to say, I don't think the, tra- the trailer didn't blow me away or anything. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was fine, but I, I'm not like super excited from it or anything either. But also, I think I liked Man of Steel more than most people. Okay. Um, and and one of the big complaints with Man of Steel, right? Uh, one of the things that people bring up over and over again is, is oh, uh, Superman destroyed all this stuff, and mm-hmm. and that's really shitty, and people weren't even like mad about him destroying it. What's going on with that? And I, I think it's interesting, at least, that it looks like, from what we've seen here, that this this movie is actually just going to address that. They're not really going to sweep front. it under the rug. Yeah. They're going to be like, yeah, all these all these fictional characters in his universe also recognize that it's fucked up. He the, all yeah. that shit happened. And and like potentially, I, I you know again we have to see how they actually mm-hmm. handle it. But that that gives the potential for a really interesting story. Of um, in my mind, one of Superman is at his most interesting when he is trying to do good but also fucking up a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think there's like some potential there for him to to grow in the movie and to realize like, oh man, I maybe what I did was wrong. 
Maybe now, I screwed up in this way. So I had a conversation over Facebook with our with Chris and I's old buddy Shane. He's getting I married what, this weekend. I love hey, what congrats. he said about it. He said, I, "Like I can't believe this whole movie is this whole it looks like the ne- the plot of the next movie is to address the horrible things that happened in the first in the first script." Mm-hmm. Well, so <laughs> I think by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. Batman is going to be like. Oh, you know what? I forgive you, Superman. Oh, and you like I think you're cool. Friends. And so everybody else will be like, okay, this Superman is cool. Batman said he was. No, like, I think they're probably going to get in a pretty cataclysmic fight. Uh, and a couple of people might have to intervene or step in. And mm-hmm. We're yeah. going to get a little glimmer of the justice doning. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. I will be, I'm, I'm, I'm not is this, is this super part, negative to it. Is okay? this a part one of two? No, no it's, it's, a... it's it's just its own film. Justice yeah. League will be two parts, but okay. that's like twenty eight. That listen, that's assuming Justice League ever even happens. I'm still yeah. not convinced. I mean, they seem full steam ahead on Suicide Squad with that a script. Uh, but <laughs> kind of have a script, though. I also this is a quick thing, but Io Nine had this interesting post of like from an interview with um, mm-hmm. the dude uh, Jeff Lebowski that. That he's that Jeff. Yeah. That Jeff Bridges said when they were on the set of the Iron Man movie, like they didn't have a script. They're like, we got to hit this date. Let's just improvise. And they're just like, some of these were just improvised. Uh. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be good. But and there have been hints of what Jared Leto looks like as a Joker, and it definitely cool. looks like the DKR Joker as well. Like Donkey Kong Country Returns. Yeah, the the Dark Knight Returns Joker, who is kind of a drag. I prefer queen, the Donkey Kong Country Returns yeah. Joker. That's way better. He's the best. <laughs> He jumps out of a barrel. That one. <laughs> stole all the bananas and shot Dixie Kong in the stomach. Ugh, too far, too far, me. Um, okay, there were. I want to read some comments from our uh, readers yes. and their thoughts on it too. Uh, Cinosaur says, "I find it really hard to care about the DC Cinematic Universe because it doesn't touch what I love about the DC Universe. DC's animated projects have managed to make characters with extreme power and clear morality be parts of excellent stories." Uh, JJB Sterling said maybe it's because I'm hot off the heels of seeing the new Star Wars trailer or maybe that this was shot off of a phone or something <laughs> but it really didn't do much for me I'll watch it again on Monday to see how I feel about it but uh, Moan for Stallone said I watched the official version six more times mm. and I am coming on board now that I could properly see Ben brooding and staring at the back costume and hearing, and hearing Jeremy Irons being Jeremy Irons as fuck Mm-hmm. Which is ways <laughs> legit. Simple assignments into the pipe. Uh, I like his voice in monologuing. In the, the the bat suit is I don't know. There's some weird. I, that, I like his little ears. I like the little. Yeah, yeah I do. I do like the little. They're ears. very cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt Douglas. I mean, again, that's a Miller thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I like. Hey, that. hey, and a West thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and also Jim Lee draws tiny bat ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I asked him that in an interview once. I was like, "You're right. You draw some of the smallest bat ears ever." Like, if I made name a- drop that I interviewed Jim Lee once. Had a boy. And lastly, Smar said, "Very Frank Miller, uh, Dark Knight." And I guess that's fine, but it doesn't excite me. I like the whole idea of a, people looking at soups and going, "Uh oh, alien man from space! You can't have free roam on this world." Lex Luthor should be uh, should be cool, and I hope he is the most paranoid. He is the most paranoid about this. That seems that's probably going to be the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would imagine. Yeah, uh, the. Yeah, the the big thing with this movie, the big question mark for me, um, is like obviously, I mean, there's there's no hiding the fact that they're playing catch up, that they're mm-hmm. they desperately yes. want to do what Marvel has done and create a DC cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there's also no hiding the fact that even with Man of Steel, 
there was nothing in place for that. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be, in my mind, this is the first movie that is actually going to have that stuff in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it's just, I, I'm really interested to see how they how they do that stuff and if they can pull it off. Because I love DC Comics, I love the superheroes of DC, and I want it to work. Um, I'm just not convinced yet that I don't, it will. Then I also like. I just started watching the Flash show. Like I, I am really enjoying the it's Flash. It's really show. good. It's really great. And so is Arrow. I mean, do you watch Arrow? No, I do not. I it's, should watch. It's excellent. Arrow. All right, I'll check. I, I'm gonna check it out. I listeners. hear it gets right. excellent. I don't know. I want to see Flash. Yeah, I mean, it takes about half a season or so to really get going. See, I have heard. Cool. I have heard the the back half of the current season, which is the third, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I've heard has not been. Super awesome, but still, it's it's Arrow and Flash, um, those shows, and now they're getting another spinoff. I've heard. Uh, yeah, they they have done a infinitely better job than any of the DC movies of building a sense of like the DC universe and getting what's good about the universe. So mm-hmm. I, I I would love to. They should just take the people in charge of those shows and be like, help us. I think yeah, it's, just, it's help it's, us. It might even end up hurting them if they have like all these shows that people are phenomenal and think that they're synonymous with these characters, and they start embarking on movie versions of yeah. them. Like, well, yeah, like what happens? Talking. What happens when Flash and Green Arrow show up in the movies? Well, as we talked about, that would actually be very fitting because it would be the. DC film True. TV multiverse the same yeah. as they have in the comics. Yeah. Just... And then they do a crossover. Oh, oh man. my god. Oh man, they can only do it uh, straight to crackle. Does it have to be in a different venue? Oh, that's TV and film collide. Well, I don't think Sony would have <laughs> If I may poke holes in the logic of your offhanded joke, Chris. Yeah, that's fine. If you don't, someone else will. Uh, the other tra- okay, so the other big trailer <laughs> was uh, Fantastic Four had not really depth. Yeah, it was actually I like, guess I wrote in the news post for it surprisingly good. Like. Mm-hmm. The first trailers for... Uh, so, Phil, you don't know this about me. I'm a huge Fantastic Four fan. We sir. are a huge Fantastic Four. Yeah, we both are. And I really hated the Tim Story films. Like, they were... They're the, they're the worst thing that, that uh, they're, they're really, ever happened. They're bad. Yeah. I mean, they're very they're bad. Straight up bad. Like, in poor... And I don't even like... I'd rather have another 9-11. I actually think... Whoa. I wouldn't Whoa. say that far, but... <laughs> I actually don't even think... I think Jessica Alba is actually a very underrated actress, but sure, yeah. they hired her to be in her underwear in that film. It's fucking terrible. I think, I, think, I think I would say all of the, the actors and actresses in that film individually are not bad yeah. in those, oh, both yeah. of those films. Um, but yeah, they just you can't get past that material. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they needed to restart, and now from the new trailer... It is very. Did you did you read Ultimate Fantastic Four? I did. Yeah it it is very much reminding me of the first six issues of Ultimate Fantastic Four. Everyone's a young person. Mm-hmm. Everybody is like students who work with Mister Storm, their mm-hmm. Professor Storm. Uh, let me let me ask this. Um, you you might know more about the movie than I do because I haven't read much about it. I did see the trailer, but. Uh, is Doom the enemy again? Is he the bad guy? Doom is around. He's but, around, yeah, clearly, because he he's in the, the trailer. Villain. I do think he is the villain, that's, yes. that's kind of a bummer. Um, it seems like with the setup that they have and with them like actually going to a different universe instead, I was kind of like, I hope it's Nihilus. I just yeah. wanted to... That would be... Jesus. Rad. I would love a Nihilus. Well, I, think, I also think for the way film, <laughs> superhero films are made these days... You have a brainless mega threat like Annihilate. Well, not brainless, but like have a slightly lower threat like Annihilus in the first film. Yeah, yeah. Then you have their ultimate enemy in the second film. You got to save it. That's and that's exactly it. Like that's you know if they if if Fox, it is Fox, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's Fox. Fox really wants to make Fantastic Four into a franchise. If they really want to do more of these, which presumably they do, since. Mm 
that's the only goal with superhero movies all the time now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but like, why would why would you waste Doom in the first movie? Like, Doom is such a huge. He's the yeah. mega threat. He's he's who you build up even over, over the course of a couple movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the he's I think Thanos can, in that little corner of the Marvel universe. Bring in, bring in Mole Man. Let's that's, let's do the Mole Man. That's why it's a bu- uh, that's why it's a bummer to me that like Doctor Doom can't be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. because he is. Such a great villain. I mean, I mean, listen. When I'm not even going to say, I'm going to say when Disney gets Final Fantasy back. Or, Final, sorry, Final Fantasy, oh, Fantastic oh, Four. It could be. That's a different yeah. thing. Uh, when Disney gets Final Fantasy is it, when we get <laughs> that when we will get, happen. Someday. When we get Cloud in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Disney excels at cutscenes, which are practically <laughs> all Final. No, Fantasy no, no. Games when when Disney gets Fantastic Four back, uh, and they start, they're like, oh, for. Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 7 is going to be all about building up Doctor Doom. That shit's going to be incredible. Yeah, it's always awesome to see him putting his hands in every villainous part of the Marvel Universe. But yeah. that's, that's sort of why I don't I don't see see him necessarily as someone who has to be... I like him being the big bad, but he's always involved in something nefarious yeah. involving yeah. the Fantastic I mean, Four. It's even like, like uh, we set up a Patreon account for uh, tormenting the Fantastic Four. Doom pledges the highest tier. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doom, I think they could even... It seems that Doom Doom's origin will be tied to theirs too, mm-hmm. which is good. That's how it should be. So he could just be lurking around, and it could just introduce him. Yeah. And but he'll be and that, the and real villain next time. And that's why I asked, and that's why I said maybe you know you might know more about it than I do. Like yeah. maybe where maybe did, he is just there, but not the actual bad guy this time. Now, where did the picture you took of him for the article come from? For a moment in the trailer, because like I looked says, at the official trailer, Doom, I don't know if he's they, in there. In oh, the, that, the new it's, official, it's trailer. like less than a second. Is okay. that is it something like Doom is coming or something? Thing. What's coming? Doom. Doom. Yeah. And he's turning to the camera and then it's mm-hmm. gone. Uh, but I think another thing that helped the trailer for me from the last time I saw it is that I got to know Miles Teller more. Like, I didn't, I wasn't aware of his work until I saw uh, Whiplash, Whiplash last year, or right. actually two months ago. Uh, and so seeing him now as Mr. Fantastic, I'm like, I'm more into you being Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, and, and then I'm also, I, um, Oh god, Jamie Jamie Bell, the who played mm-hmm. Billy Elliot a long a long time ago. Like him is him as Ben Grimm seems so wrong to me. Like his like Billy Elliot as the gruff New Yorker who mm-hmm. becomes a giant rock man, that doesn't sound right, but oh, in the that. trailer it was good. He's a gross bird, he's uh, tall and awkward now. Isn't it Wallace from the Wire as as uh, John oh, yeah. Storm too? Mm-hmm. It's so good. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. That's perfect. That's now, all the casting. And also, I love that. Uh, I love it's Kate Mara that's adopted. Yeah, she. <laughs> I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that coming. Yeah, I mean, and that was another one of those freakouts from fans who are just like, this person can't be this color. They're not. They're not brothers. Oh, they're adopted. Yeah. Huh. Didn't see that coming. Neat. Uh, so here are some reactions uh, from our audience. Jars said, "No more fan for stick." I like that. <laughs> you may have noticed the title is not fan. Four stick yeah. like anymore. Let's not do that anymore. Uh, yeah, they, they. I think taken three was also like take three and to three to three can take three and mm-hmm. uh, perpetual. Christopher says, "I do not understand the addiction with youthifying Mister Fantastic. Keep him older. Let him show the cracks in the armor. Let the weight of being the smartest man on earth mm. uh, come down on him." I, I don't disagree, but 
Eh, I mean, I'm kind of. I mean, if they're going the ultimate route, as you as you suggested, as it seems like they are, I, I think Mr. Fantastic being younger in that is key to that. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of I'm kind of fine with that. And then there was always some level of like him being like 20 years older than Sue. Just I never mm. liked that. That she. <laughs> well, when they were first created, like, boy, if you want to see a poorly written woman, read the original. Yeah. The, the original Fantastic Four by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby are some of the most important comics in American comic history. But yeah, I Sue went back and read that, that run yeah. uh, years ago, but that it's definitely like you look back and you're like, ugh, yikes, yeah, like, cringe. Yeah. So many scenes of like Sue going, I wish I could do anything, but I'm just holding him back. And then they go like, there, there, Sue, we still love you. We know you <laughs> suck. So you don't know how to go create force fields inside people's mm-hmm. skulls. And- well, that, yeah, and so then about <laughs> 15 years ago, one writer said, oh, no, she's easily the most powerful member of the team. Mm-hmm. Like, ex- like, why didn't anyone realize this until this point? Invisible projectiles. Beat that. Uh, Obi Sean Kenobi says, "I like the Superman trailer. Uh, like the Superman trailer. I wish I liked this more. I love the FF. I've read every issue since 150. Wow, including mm. annuals. And my problem wow. with this version of the FF and Superman also is they should have a lighter tone. It'll get. I'll give it a chance, and it at least should be better than the last one. There, yeah, it is I, a very I, dark I trailer. One, one thing to keep in mind too, uh, and and you see this with um, Avengers to some degree as well. Although Marvel's been better about." surfacing some of the the funnier moments as well but a trailer like this i mean they're appealing to people they want it they want it to come off as like a big epic True. thing that doesn't mean that the whole movie is going to be that way yeah. um mm-hmm. there, there were I, I i would hope that there's still room for a lot of lightness in there i as did well. think about that with just recently with the thor marketing stuff never moved me one way or the other because it is marketing is like this is the god of thunder thor there'll be no humor allowed on asgard and then you see the movie, and it's like this is this is just as breezy that, as the other movies in the Marvel universe. Yeah. That no humor law, yeah, not not good. That was a that was a poor look for Asgard. Yeah, I'm glad they got rid but, of that. But it's it's <laughs> like, but it's I wanted to sort of convey to people we used to bitch about the dark and gritty tone because for a while that's all superhero movies could do. But yes, mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman doesn't look like it has the tone of a Marvel movie because not every movie deserves the tone of a Marvel movie. No, I it know. can't be the only tone either. And I know people have taken us, taken me to task for saying the inferring that I was, I'd say the only right way to do a film is the Marvel Cinematic Universe way. No other superhero film works. They've been like, doing it right, and that they constantly surprise me. Yeah. I never know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get. Uh, and Forrest Gump, Jesus. Uh, lastly, say, uh, Hero A001 says, Is it just me, or does Doom have braces? <laughs> well, more of a retainer, really. It's very odd. <laughs> uh, I'll get you read, Richard. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then also, um, Daredevil Season 2 already happening. That's like, crazy. Next year. Like, did they Not say that's shocked. when it would happen? Yeah, it's like 2016. Because our yeah. biggest, did you watch the show? Uh, so I'm only no a few spoilers. episodes in. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 no spoilers so. or anything, but it was sort of like, well, they said they're doing Jessica Jones and Luke yeah. Cage, and so, like, we won't get another season of this for four years? Yeah, no. I mean, a, a lot of people assume that, but I kind of was under the, the assumption that, like, Netflix is going to do what's best for Netflix, and, Maybe. and I, ABC's going to do what's best for ABC, and but, it's like, it's if it if it did well, I assumed they would do a second season faster. And, my and conspiracy theory is, is that that is still an ABC show that Netflix ponied up a bit of money, but doesn't have exclusive rights for because the stuff that like went over from television to Netflix they like Arrested Development there's like a 34 minute Arrested Development a 45 minute episode of Arrested Development because it's Netflix it's not going anywhere else everything hits the 48 to 52 minute mark for Daredevil it is meant to be on TV elsewhere Mm. 
Well, I could see them just cutting out the word shit and a couple (laughs) and just have a little less blood. Like, kind of how, like, Dexter was on CBS. so bad. It revealed to me how bad that show truly was. (laughs) You Dexter fan, Phil? I, I I was a fan of the first season. First yeah. season. <laughs> That's how most people feel. Yep. Though, yeah, um, yeah I'm uh, the big part of the Daredevil news too is that Stephen DeKnight, DeKnight, who was the showrunner of the show last, uh, of most of season one, mm-hmm. uh, he is not coming back. Like he has he's, another thing. He's going to be a producer, I think they said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, and like Drew Goddard, or like an executive yeah. producer, and two of the, and, two and of the Drew, writers are going to. So Drew Goddard company. and Jeff Loeb are still also going to be EPs on it. Yeah, but the showrunners are going to be these two guys who wrote in season one. Yeah, who'd too on many cooks. Well, it takes a lot of writers to write a TV show. Yeah, I know. And I blame any bad parts of Daredevil on Jeff Lowe because I don't like Jeff Lowe. Yeah, same. He used to be good. I I remember when I looked forward to a Jeff Lowe comic, but that's I don't. Very what was the last one? Um, I really liked his uh, Long Halloween and to his a lesser extent comic? Dark Vic. Oh, his what his what his yeah, last like, comic does he was? still write anything for Marvel? No, I he, feel like he comes back every once in a while and just does like mini yeah. special. I issue. mean, he's been a TV producer for them for like four years now yeah. or something. Like, yeah, he, I mean, but he also was like the guy who came in and like ruined Heroes, right? Was yep, he? yep. Yeah. He came on. He was like came in he halfway came in through during season the, one. Yeah, during and and just man. Well, that was one of the worst yes. things of all time. Yep. It's Which, coming back. Oh, oh, can you believe it? It's how bad the state of television uh, is. But no, the the uh, <laughs> everything's fucking coming back. Yeah. Like, not, I'm not at all shocked though that the Daredevil's getting a second season. I mean, yeah. you can just see the the amount of buzz that show had. Mm-hmm. Um, one one of my friends compared it to Gotham, right? Mm. Uh, apparently, I've not been watching Gotham. I don't know if you guys have, yeah. but uh, apparently, they had the Joker on Gotham. Nobody cared. Yeah, Nobody they revealed about him. They were, I, Nobody. I, I saw his reveal, and then I never heard anything else. Nobody and said anything. I've heard a Whereas lot of bad Daredevil, things. Whereas Daredevil hits, and nobody will talk. Like, yeah. uh, for a week on social media leading yeah. up to, and a week after, it yeah. is all anyone will talk about. Um, like, you can just see the the differences in the amount of buzz there. And also, yeah. I think part, part of that is due to, like, I think Netflix markets that stuff a lot Netflix better. knows how to market stuff, and they also pounce on a success, and... Yep. They know how something is a success immediately. Yeah. And so and they're ready to say like, oh, this is a success, here's fifty million dollars. Yeah, Let's and that's that's it. the like, thing. We're never gonna see those numbers, right? Yeah. You know, Netflix is never gonna tell us how many people watch that, but you've gotta know, like, they have mm. crazy good metrics. So they mm. they've got they've got all the numbers they need immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so like if they ordered a second season like that, you must know like a lot of I a hope, lot of people I watch that. I think I said it last week, but I like anytime that happens on Netflix, a new show comes out and I get to watch it, I feel like I'm stealing yeah. because they're doing this for <laughs> subscribers and like don't tell Netflix I was never going to unsubscribe. They didn't have to do this. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Netflix, if you're listening, don't d- turn it off turn right off. now. Netflix, turn this off. Um, speaking of uh, Marvel TV shows, like there was a couple other TV show news. So one is Oscar-winning screenwriter of Twelve Years a Slave. Like he's working on a new ABC Marvel show. It's like rumored to maybe be an Agents of the Shield spinoff. Yeah, and I didn't that's, that's, well, that's the rumor. I've I've, heard, yeah. I've read that it, it could even be Miss Marvel, who huh. she is an Inhuman in the comics. Which... Uh, to be to be to be clear, though, I I know where you you yeah. read this. This okay. is like a Reddit thing. And and just to be like super super clear, from what I read, this is just a rando on Reddit who mm-hmm. posted like, 
hey, here's the details. It's Miss Marvel that they're doing. Mm. So it's like, I don't know how much you want to put stock in that. Yeah, well, all right. I think it makes great... I want it to be I mean, I would, I would love that to be true. Yeah, because I like the Miss Marvel, but it makes really, really good TV sense. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the it things could work most... like the Flash. It could be Marvel's version of the Flash yeah. TV show. Absolutely. And, and uh, I, I would love to see it. I just, I just want to say, like, eh, let's not... Assume Temper that the, the Reddit expected, random yeah. random Reddit person is is correct. Um, mm. I think whatever it ends up being, I'm I'm really interested in that project. Though. Well, mm. and that they would hire such like a high profile writer to like run their spinoff, like that's that's a pretty that's a big investment. They're they're doing you know the Agents of Shield for as as poorly as that show started has <laughs> has gone in a good direction. And that's then, what I've heard, and uh, and I hear I haven't watched it yet, but I hear that the uh, Agent Carter I loved was Agents was Car- quite good. Agents so of Carter. I, Agents, Agents of Carter. Carter. Um, my bad. Uh, so I, I'm just glad that that it seems like along with the movie stuff, Marvel is, and now, and now with Daredevil as well, Marvel's really starting to figure out their TV shit and get it together. So I read, speaking of Marvel's TV shit, like I also read this other news report that like implying that Marvel has like these very draconian contracts they sign their people to to like. So they said it, this came from an article I read that said. The Avengers won't be on TV because the actors weren't signed to contracts that would Ooh. put them on TV. And so if they want Scarlett Johansson on TV, they have to pay her like a shitload of money. And they don't want to do that. But meanwhile, they got the Defenders guys to sign contracts like, yeah, you'll appear in a movie. Like, you'll be, if we want to, you'll be nice. in a movie. And, I think I did hear that too. And so the implication is that whoever they cast as Spider-Man, mm-hmm. they want him to be young. And they want to basically like own his ass. Like, you'll, <laughs> if we want you to be in something, you'll be I mean, in it. There's, like, there's a weird sense of like... Uh, the Truman Show. I don't know, you know, I don't know <laughs> what those contracts are, but I'm assuming they're getting paid well. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. And, and there's a there's not a weird... in every case I, from rumors, but yeah, no, that would be a bummer. Uh, but but like to some degree, it makes sense that like when they're trying to build this weird connected giant universe that that's connected and and has so many different parts to a degree that's never really been done before. Yeah, um, it makes sense that they'd want to have the freedom to like move these people around. And obviously, when you know when they were signing Robert Downey Jr.'s contract, they they did not really have they, that plan. They weren't ready for it. But yeah, I wouldn't. The big question with Marvel, I think, in the coming years is going to be how. I'm really interested to see how they handle the first time they lose one of their main actors. When they finally say, like, no, I'm really not coming back. And we are, like, we are, $100 million still won't make, get me to come like, back. Like, I know they've talked previously mm-hmm. about, like, oh, we'll treat it like James Bond and we'll just get a different actor. But mm-hmm. I, it, I it's, it's I mean, I think it could work. It's going to really depend on the execution. It's going to be really interesting uh, and hard. Yeah. Well, I've been feeling like in the Marvel books lately, they've been testing out who they could do it. Like, that you know, um, Falcon, the former Falcon, is now Captain America, mm-hmm. and yep. technically they could do that in the film, or they yep. could have Winter Soldier take over. Same deal with Thor, like a new character inherits Thor's hammer. Like they, they could keep going in that same universe, or at the end of Infinity War, they could just hit the reset button and be like, nope, Phase One all over again, or like reform the Avengers. Though I don't know do. if people would accept that. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, I almost, like, there is there is a part of me that I think at some point they are going to have to... I mean, I guess they kind of already have with uh, with Falcon. Um, yeah. But I, I think that at some point they are going to have to replace characters where it is it is literally the same character. Like, mm-hmm. it is Tony Stark, but it is a different actor. Yeah. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to make that work and make people accept that. But I think at some point it's going to have to happen. No, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, William Shatner played Captain Kirk till like, for 40 years, so... That's true. Oh, and uh, last bit of news was uh, in the new movie section. So, the Wonder Woman has a new director. It's Patty Jenkins, yeah. who 
previously My first was <laughs> who previously was the the director of Thor Dark World until she wasn't the director until of Thor Dark yeah. World and uh, then one of the weird uh, variety stories said that the original director Michelle McLaren who had done only television before mm-hmm. that they said they weren't that Warner wasn't sure she could handle like action I thought that, he said such... that she was worried that she he thought it was just, I was going to make a Wonder Woman movie not this piece to this giant action puzzle Hmm. It says here in the thing, like, uh, it said, uh, executives reportedly had second thoughts because McLaren's mm. resume uh, did not have any feature film credits, though, like, while well, meanwhile, Patty Jenkins had worked on We Monster. did not know that, and we hired her. But, like, <laughs> Mitch, like TV is basically movie now. Like, high-level TV. She directed Game of Thrones. She directed the third-to-last episode of Breaking Bad, which is action-packed yeah. as hell. Like, What's-his-dick who did Dark World? We came from TV, right? Everybody... Well, Marvel hires from TV because it's cheaper, too. The, like, but the, the main, Russos came from TV. The main director for the Harry Potter series. Yates is a yeah, TV dude. David Yates, yeah, David Yates, he did TV, yeah. So, who cares? Well, I think that just speaks to your point, which is, like, a good TV director mm-hmm. is essentially... Mm-hmm. It, like. There's, there's going to be able to be crossover in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. They just haven't been handed a $300 million movie yet. Yeah. No, no. That, that is a big gamble to take. Uh, and I'll be interested to see how the Wonder Woman film works out because I guess Suicide Squad will come before it, but it'll be the first of like the trinity of, Mar- of DC characters not directed by Zack Snyder in Zack Snyder's universe. And I'm yeah. curious to see... like tone and style wise like where they're gonna go with it you know I th- and I think Gal Gadot is not a bad casting is, for is, uh, is Snyder confirmed is he doing the Justice League I believe he's currently on for Justice League yes yeah. I actually don't dislike Snyder but that's kind of a bummer it's, it, but it's <laughs> yeah. weird that because I've heard that before it Henry just referred to it as the Snyderverse. Mm. But nobody called the Marvel Universe when it started out the Favreverse. Well, yeah. <laughs> I did. Well, I, I, still, I still do. Bill's the one. <laughs> well, I will. This will sound like a diss to John Favreau, but I don't think he has as distinct a style nope. as J- the Zack Snyder. So, like, Zack mm. Snyder, you feel it's a True. Zack Snyder film. True. John Favreau, who is not a bad director, but. I, I would say an excellent feel, director. Yeah. Yeah, sure. An excellent filmmaker all the way, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, Zathura yes. made Swingers. Okay, yeah, those are... Iron Man, are John Favreau is the chef. Bro, chef Henry! I don't want to watch that. <laughs> uh, all right, so that was the news. Unless any of you guys had news you wanted to... About that need to be discussed. I have to peek. No, I, nope. I don't have any okay. news. Um, breaking. Breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me get into the question of the week replies. We have two weeks of them, but I... Oh, boy. Slimmed it down, but thanks to everybody who first people's thoughts on Daredevil season one. Like Phil, uh, do you have like a one two cents review of? Oh, you haven't. Finished I mean, again, I, I'm not finishing it. The the episodes that I've watched, I I really like um, quite a bit. I I have seen some uh, some interesting discussion about um, how dark it is mm-hmm. compared yeah. to anything else Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and uh, some people even saying that uh, that they stopped watching it or weren't that into it because it is so dark, and, and in some cases yeah. like seems to kind of like pleasure in how violent and gritty it is yeah. um it was also but li- i i haven't i haven't been bugged by that so far it was also literally too dark for my tv at some point <laughs> so i was like sure. i have to turn up the brightness as high as possible or watch it on like a tablet which has better brightness mm-hmm. yeah um that's that's why i watch everything on tablets now mm-hmm. uh it's the preferred viewing method oh, um yeah. David I, also so i will say that that, <laughs> that uh <laughs> yeah somewhere he's he's listening to this and just threw what? his comp- Threw his his tablet across the room. No, no tablet. Uh, I, I will say uh, that that fight scene at the end of, of episode two. That was two, great. Ugh, 
I mean, I, I almost that, that feel old like boy it, fight scene. Yeah, yeah the old boy fight scene. <laughs> um, all right, so Aimbot Master said it was amazing. DC, Marvel, Vertigo, or Image. I'm all for more comic TV shows if they deliver as consistently on this level. Though, as this was my first Netflix debut series, I really hated binge watching it to avoid spoilers. Yeah. Devils don't come from hell beneath us; they come from Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, I like that line. Uh, annual gift man from the moon. Uh, annual gift man who lives on the moon. Says. Uh, credit needs to be given to showrunner Stephen Denight for helping to make such a cohesive story and making it into a really entertaining 13-hour movie. Brother of uh, Wayne Denight, <laughs> who played, who, who, was in, by who was in Jurassic no. D Park. Yes, I, dumb joke. Should have just let it move. <laughs> Ark Knight, you, you got to try for jokes. Got to try. Uh, Arc Knight two fifty six says so often Daredevil turned into Jack Bauer looking for bombs <laughs> with the with the torture and the growling. Uh, he also says use of really uh, use of early lame comic adaptation cliches. We're not so different. Uh, not calling yeah. yeah like I want, when you hear not so different. We're not so different. Like that is a groan inducing line yeah. sometimes. Uh, Shin says. On uh, the subject of release schedule, all at once is smarter for da- da- Daredevil, in my opinion. I appreciate that the show didn't need to be written or filmed around week-long gaps. It didn't need to look like its audience. Uh, it didn't need to hook its audience week to week with ultimately pointless suspense like Lost or world-shattering events like Breaking Bad. I oh. see why that's bad for a show, but I still wish this was something we talked about for more than one week. Sure, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the problem of covering it is a really interesting one. Jeez, it's I like, can't how even do you, imagine. What do you what do you do yeah. like? Do you do like separate individual episode reviews or discussions? Or right. Do you just do it all at once? Taylor, like, we're gonna hook you up to a feeding tube. Uh, don't leave the spot. Yeah, exactly. Um, it went live at 11 p.m. Oh yeah, it went live at midnight Pacific time. Don't go to sleep. Watch all right now. So reviews do in 36 hours. Yeah. The other, the other interesting thing about the the issue of um, of binge watching it is um, the way that Netflix. TV shows are made, and you can kind of see this in Daredevil. Is as it said, you don't have to hook an audience in, you don't have to have those, but that means like the show moves a lot slower. So, like, mm-hmm. so, like, you know, no, you until what until is it like ends. three or four episodes before even before the villains even, inter- yeah. Be- yeah. even introduced, yeah. really? So, I, li- I kind of like that, but I also there was though I would say they actually do have kind of cliffhangers that are a bit obvious of like sure. in the middle you of the want season, to see the next episode in the middle of the season uh, every episode takes place the second after the last one concludes yeah and well, if you want to see it's not a great show Bloodlines it's on Netflix I've been watching that it's 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 I, I did like it yeah. but it's a perfect example of like they really don't want you to stop watching this shit yeah. they will jump ahead to, to yeah. months later well, in the series to show you something later like what the fuck was yeah, yeah. The, the, the first episode, of, the first episode of that uh, of that show. But they do it ends every by episode. having like a like what would would normally be like that's a huge spoiler, a guys. Spoiler. What, did what you the do fuck it? was that? <laughs> well, though I also felt even in Breakable, Kimmy Schmidt had things at the end of the episode yep. that were like, watch the next one. You got to yeah. watch it. Like it felt tacked yeah. on in some ways. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say Bloodlines is also an example though of that very slow storytelling yeah. telling style of Netflix Until film the very or end. Netflix TV shows where it's just. I, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm about a halfway through. Hand, fan, I liked it a lot, but yes, I, would, I can't recommend it to but everybody. It, but it is moving at a very Glacial. slow pace. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, Soren seven five five zero said Charlie Cox. Cox's acting is just amazing. Besides nailing a whole lot of ticks, actions, habits of blind people, such as not blinking a whole lot and having little eye movement, I'd have never guessed he's actually British. I refuse to believe that his natural speaking voice was voice was real when I first heard it. Blimey, yeah. I was I was surprised he was British too. It, it I mean, 
Yeah, it, I thought it was really good. His American accent. They're taking all our jobs, Brits. They I should are have most. The British people <laughs> are most of the superheroes in film, especially on uh, the, the Snyderverse. Yeah, in the Snyderverse. Um, I know some people might disagree with me, but the show stealer of that series for me is Foggy. Like he just. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Like, I've I, really come to like. I found him grading in the first yeah. episode. I'm like, wow, you grew on me real fast. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah he, he grew on me very. Much. And also, yeah. I think I really like D'Onofrio as Kingpin. You, you yeah, haven't seen yeah, enough yeah. of him yet, but yeah, I, I liked him a lot. All right. And then real quick, I did want to touch on people's answers to the previous question of the week was, was would you rather have super hearing or super sight? Uh, Rad Madigan says, I guess super hearing. I love music way too much to be deaf. Plus, I could just listen to stories and imagine them. Uh, and his beats by Dre's because he cares about music. Uh, then Shin says, without my sight, my education would be difficult to put into practice. I enjoy programming and Japanese translation a heck of a lot more than I enjoy hearing criminals well enough to fight them. Uh, and then Young Punk said, I would choose Super Hearing so I could play my corn CDs really quiet, but I could still hear them uh, so my mom doesn't know I'm listening to explicit content CDs. So, anyway, those are the answers. Uh, thanks, everybody. No, so this week's question of the week, Phil uh, yeah. and Chris, is uh, what Superman, versus, uh, Superman slash Batman story would you make into a movie or like what's at least what is one of your favorite Superman Batman stories uh well one I'll bring up just in terms of like what I've heard a lot of people online you know in response to this trailer saying like why don't they make it like this uh Mm -hmm. Grant Morrison's all-star Superman um which I don't necessarily think that would translate that well to a movie but yeah the the cartoon I think is I almost feel like yeah I almost feel like the animated film is a, a better better showcase for that Personally, one that I would love to see, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Mm. Um, really good. I love I that story. I can't imagine they won't get to that. And that's, there are a few... That's, that's, well, but it's so Silver Age and silly, but in a great way, but it embraces, like, what Silver Age Superman was. But can't was. you just see that on, like, a poster? Yeah. Whatever well, Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Oh, it would be so good. 2019. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, like, I guess we'll see where the DC stuff goes and if, it, mm. if they can manage to actually get it successful. But, like, that is such a great uh, story that does perfectly encapsulate, yeah. I think, what people find missing from this trailer mm-hmm. um, about well, Superman? Have you seen the Superman Batman posters? Like they, they're really ripping off the um, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind posters, which the the logo of each superhero is torn into the oh, face yeah. of yeah. the other hero. Yeah, so my buddy Craig was lucky enough to get a couple of those. Yeah. And they're not bad. They're not bad posters. Like I'm not. Guys, no, I and want it, you and to it believe runs, me. It runs I'm in stark contrast to like the fucking orange and blue Marvel shit. Look, I just want to. Henry is shaking with rage as he <laughs> pretends uh, to not uh, be against well, this. Well, when I said he's, when, he's bright red, he's angry. He's uh, <laughs> he's actually scratching into the table how much he hates this movie. Well, when I when I saw a tweet at you from uh, Ring Ringslinger, who's one of our, uh, who's awesome. He's oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I love him, but he also is somebody who's taken me to task for being too negative on DC in the past. Like he responded to you with like, get ready for him to be super cynical. I was like, so that's put me on edge this whole Ringslinger. You threw Henry off his game. You haven't, uh, you haven't been too <laughs> cynical. I, I wouldn't yeah. say super cynical. Uh, I would say moderately cynical. Uh, well, you know, a Batman Superman story I would have. Mm. Uh, it, a favorite of mine uh, is from the Man of Steel series that John Byrne did in the 80s. He, he did his interpretation of the first time Superman and Batman met. Which is Superman goes to Gotham to find somebody, and he finds Batman. He's like, "Who is this guy, Batman? I I don't know you. You could be a criminal for all I know." And then he tries to like scan Batman's face to see his secret identity, and then Batman says, 
Use your x-ray vision on me. I've got this thing around me that if you pierce the... I have this radiation around me. And if you pierce it, a bomb will explode and kill an innocent person. And so you can't do it. And Superman's like, you would do that? How dare you? And then at the end of the issue, Batman reveals like, yeah, the bomb was on me. I would explode if you did it. Like, that's the innocent person you would have killed. And it was just this interesting... It was was just this interesting, like... Interaction between like them very guarded with each other. Like yeah, I like sort it. of reminds me of I recently saw a clip of uh, the animated series versions of the characters meeting oh, for the yeah. first time, which that was is a really great one. really good scene. Which I believe did he do the Bruce thing there? I mean, he, he what he it's a really cool exchange oh, right. where he just immediately does X-ray vision on his under his mask, like oh you're Bruce Wayne, you're Bruce Wayne, and then Bruce goes like the Batman says you cheated basically, and then. Later that night, Batman follows Superman well, he, home and Superman finds doesn't out he's realize Clark he, Kent. Like, well, he he has a tracker on him. And uh-huh. Immediately, Batman yeah. knows he's Clark Kent. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I, I love that about... It's true to both their characters. Yeah, I love that about both those characters. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that one? That is a great one. I mm-hmm. will say, uh, this is not Superman or Superman slash Batman, mm-hmm. um, or even necessarily super focused on Batman. Okay. But the one, the one Batman moment that I want to see brought to the DC cinematic universe at some point is uh, Batman punching Guy Gardner. I really want I just I want I want that to happen in a movie so bad. Alright. So give us your answers in the uh, there'll be a page for this on the forums for Cape uh, the Cape Prices section of the forums on LazyTimePodcast.com Thank you very much, Phil, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I hope I can come back sometime. (laughs) Been delighted. Yeah, we really had fun with you. Do you have any plugs you'd like to throw uh, sure. You can, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash pkoller, P-K-O-L-L-A-R. Um, I uh, also write about comics sometimes mm-hmm. and video games a lot more times <laughs> on polygon.com. So you can go there and, and check out uh, all of the the writing that I do. And uh, It's not content anymore. It's, we call it pro Oh, oh sure, yeah. 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 <laughs> Hashtag pro-ten. that's a Michael Grimm cringy. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. I love it so much. Uh, Chris, do you have any plans? I'm not doing anything. Um, I'll be <laughs> uh, I'm heading out of town to Shane's wedding, so. Uh, but look back at those speed. great streams this week of your slowly growing mustache or shrinking mustache. Yeah, well, I really did. What I would say is go above and beyond. Above and beyond for 420. I'd like to thank Nintendo for claiming the copyright on all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Very nice of them. Good on you. They'll probably do it again with their Mario Kart stream. But I'm going to Hitler mustache. Take your money, Miyamoto. Uh, and then, all, and then also there was a great laser time this week where we talked about yes. uh, the cartoons. Our of buddy the... Bob Mackie came back because he wasn't satisfied with our talk of the primetime animation boom. Uh-huh. Uh, brought upon after the Simpsons so we talk about a bunch of stuff that people are like you better talk about undergrads undergrads is there relax Clone High um, King of the Hill Clerks the Clerks cartoon we talk about it all yeah uh, also again let me just remind you guys you know no longer with Games Radar good times there and go to lasertime.bandcamp.com if you want to get our fun commentary packs for the Avengers and Iron Man 3 and all the old commentary tracks we did as well. You can just buy them off lasertime.bandcamp.com. Uh, there's also Video Game Apocalypse. I'm on it this week. Give that a listen. And uh, the cheap podcasts of Pro Wrestling Thing, VG Empire. So many fun things on the Place Time Podcast Network. Thank you again, Phil, very much. Thank you. And uh, until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!